0: Hello and welcome to Show and Tell, the podcast series from the RPG Academy, where we bring on a guest and we talk about something cool. Today's guest is Mike Zelenker. Yes. Who is the, uh, is it Grand Poobah, Emperor uh, His Majesty of Lone Shark Games? I, I prefer
1: God Emperor. You know, uh, the we were just having a conversation in the car, uh, my developer Gabby and I, about the most pretentiously named bands (laughs) right like like and there were some real contenders like the the and uh portugal period the man right (laughs) but but could there be any more pretentious than godspeed you black emperor because they have an exclamation point after the you
0: nice it's like like that
1: godspeed you black emperor already Contender for the most pretentious <laughs> fan name, but no, had to add the exclamation point after the U to secure the title.
0: Oh yeah, well I mean, if you are going to go, go big, right? Don't so don't go halfway.
1: I will I will go by God Emperor of Lone Shark Games. From so you on. are
0: God Emperor of Lone Shark Games, yes, uh, which is the game company you co founded with
1: with James Ernest,
0: and you yeah. guys have produced some. Yeah, well, so
1: James and I made a bunch of games together. We did um, uh, Pirates of the Spanish Main, we did Lords of Vegas, Gloria Monday, lots of other stuff. And then then he went on his own uh, to do some other things with his rebooting re, uh, his company Cheapass Games. Uh, so he and I still do a bunch of stuff together. But um, but I got a, a crew now that includes a whole bunch of game designers. Um, we got uh, Chad Brown and Gabby Widling and Paul Peterson and. Uh, Liz Spain and Tannis O'Connor and, and Keith Richmond, just a just a really great crew, and um, we made uh, we made a game recently called the Pathfinder Adventure Card Game.
0: I think I think I've heard of that one.
1: Oh, good, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. <laughs> just celebrated just celebrated its second birthday. Um, uh, we uh, we had a um, uh, you know how Facebook uh, will let you know what happened a couple years ago on this day. Yes well, yeah on, on Saturday it popped up with me making a post about pacing nervously at the Paizo booth wondering if anybody was going to buy this new adventure card game we'd cobbled together right turned out uh, turned out some people liked that so uh, so it turned out that worked out and uh, so we made a bunch of other we made a bunch of other games we're uh, we're doing a new one now. Uh, my first RPG in about fifteen years, uh, called Apocrypha, which is a combination card game and role playing game in the same box. So, um,
0: so when when will that be coming out? Next
1: year, sometime.
0: Okay. Are you going to go I... by the new standard of Kickstartering it? Or oh no, I we actually... did that already.
1: We raised oh. a we raised a, a third of a million dollars. We're all right.
0: Oh well, yeah, yeah. That's that's not bad. We're all right. So uh
1: yeah, um yeah, we've uh, like commissioned almost like I think we're commissioned almost 250 pieces of art so far. Oh wow. It's it's huge. It's the biggest thing we've ever done. It's uh uh 1300 cards in the game and um uh really really super fun game. It's called The Apocrypha Adventure Card Game. It's about uh unlocking your repressed memories and uh uh fighting monsters that only you can see.
0: Stuff like <laughs> oh. that. So it's a light rules like fun party game, oh yeah, 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 absolutely it's uh you know, basically,
1: um you know we're close friends with cards against humanity, so we said, could we just rip off your game engine, right, <laughs> and uh so it's basically the same game just um with uh you know about a forty page longer rule book,
0: gotcha, so it's just like a reskin retheme, yeah,
1: it's just like a reskin of cards against humanity,
0: oh, yeah. Well, Pretty you know. It that's not a bad, uh, if you're going to rip somebody off, that's not a bad place to start.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I wish I could do that, man. I, you know, it would be so cool to be the people who just ripped off other people's games or or even their own games. Like I got told, (laughs) so, uh, I got, so when we did the Kickstarter for the Apocrypha adventure card game, some people were just like, um, God, uh, that's just Mike, you know, uh, just reskinning the Pathfinder adventure card game. And I went, no, man. If it was, it'd be done by now. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. This thing's hard to make. Like, if it was just a, a reboot, for God's sake, we'd be taking the, the winter off in the Bahamas.
0: <laughs> this is hard work. Fantastic. Well, I want to I want to give Caleb a chance to, to jump in here and say hi. He is a big Call of Cthulhu fan, uh, big into Lovecraft. And I don't well, know if he's like familiar, but... But uh, Unspeakable Words is another game that I, uh, yes. I, I, I come to mind. So uh, would you mind? Well, I'll let Caleb say hi first, but that's a game if you wouldn't mind covering a little bit, because I just think that sounds so awesome. So, Caleb, first, say hello. Oh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on this show that I co-host with you. Now,
2: should allowed up. you to speak? Damn it. I don't need two of you <laughs> doing the <laughs> oh, same, sorry. same
1: sorry. thing. Sorry. Sorry. Basically, it's just one good joke, right? I mean, oh, I'm so sick of this joke. It's a good joke. It's, it's a really good joke. Good. You should just play along. Um, no, I would never do that. I'm a nice guy. I would, I'd
2: <laughs> shut you down on your, on your own show. Oh uh, No, I'm used to it. It's, it's Wait, who allowed fine. you
0: to speak? Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> never gets I'm gonna old. I'm
2: going to go in the, go in the corner it. and cry. Never, just cut Chad, me out of this recording. I'm I promise,
1: done. I promise not to do that a third time.
2: No, you are, because it's a rule of threes. I know it's coming. <laughs> you know it's like. coming.
1: I promise you not to do I won't do it a third time. I don't trust you for Who a
2: moment. There <laughs> it is. There. See guys, even on the academy, we follow the rules of comedy. You know what's that is great right.
1: about this show is like it's on the internet. So it's not just going out to America. It's going out to Japan. Um and uh you know it's all over the all over the world, right? And in different parts of the world they have different rules of comedy. Do you know what the rule, Caleb, for comedy in Japan is?
2: Please enlighten me. Sir. No,
1: who allowed you to speak?
2: <laughs> Damn it! It's the rule of four in Japan. <laughs> Son of a bitch! All right, Japan, you and me are gonna have some words. This is not acceptable.
1: I really won't do that again. I think. <laughs> I <can't. laughs> <But of course. laughs> Uh, okay, you were going to ask me a question before I uh, uh hotwired your show. I, uh, I don't even
2: remember what we were talking about
0: before. I
1: think, it was, I think it was unspeakable words.
0: Yes, I, yeah. I, I've not played that game yet, but again, I heard you talking about it on one of my favorite podcasts, which is Going Last, and it sounded amazing, and it made me think of Caleb because I know he's a big Cthulhu fan. So for anyone else out there who's also unfortunately uneducated about this game, would you kind of give us the brief rundown of how it works?
1: Sure. Um, it is based on the... Uh, Lovecraftian myth of the Hounds of Tindalos, which are the uh, horrible hounds that come out of the corners of the walls and kill you. So uh, I wrote, uh, I decided I wanted to make a word game that was for people who didn't like word games. So, um, you know, because like, there's nothing less fun than playing Scrabble with somebody who's like three times better than you are. It's just no, you don't want to play that game, right? So I wanted to make a a word game that was fun for everybody. So... um, it's a game with sanity. Uh, you have um, five sanity tokens represented by these adorable little Cthulhu pawns. And uh, you get a handful of seven cards. And they're not rated like, you know, A is worth one and Q is worth ten. They're rated by the number of angles in the word, in the letter, I mean. So, like, uh, an O is worth zero and an A is worth five. And uh, you get points for making the words that you make, but then you have to roll a 20-sided die. And if you roll above the, the, uh, sorry, if you roll below the score that uh, you scored, then you lose a sanity token. And once you're out of sanity, you're out of the game. Um, there's one other rule, which is, uh, it's first to a hundred points without going, without uh, losing all your sanity wins. Um, the, um, the other rule of the game, though, is that if you're down to one sanity, anything's a word.
0: That's my favorite part. I love that.
1: Yeah, so it's like people playing, you know, sick, you know, five consonants in a row and trying to define it as, you know, the the sound the dishwasher makes when it's broken. You know, <laughs> uh, it's all good. So it's a really fun game. It's, uh, I don't know, it's it, it was sort of a throwaway game that's kind of become this new classic. And it's just been really fun to to be around as going along. They have a we have a new deluxe edition coming out um, from Playroom Entertainment. They did a Kickstarter earlier this year, and they they did real well with that. So there's going to be a brand new edition by uh, John Kavalik It's doing the art. It's going to be great.
0: Oh, awesome! So, well, thank you for indulging me on that. Not a problem. We we brought you on because we wanted to talk specifically about Gen Con and then even more specifically about the uh, the Indies, which you were the host and the MC for this year. I was, but I did want to take uh, g- go back to Lone Shark Games for just one minute because I was checking out your website today, and I see that you basically offer services to help other people produce their games. And I'm sure there's people who yeah, sometimes. So yeah, would you mind just you again sell your sell your service? Well, it's not actually a
1: service we sell very much. It's it's more like we we help our friends out, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's every now and then uh, somebody comes to us, either they haven't completely figured out how their game should work or like if they're, you know, like sometimes a movie studio or a a TV company will come to us and they've accidentally embedded a game in their show and they have no (laughs) idea how it plays. That actually really does happen. So, so we'll come along and we'll just sort of help them figure out how to get their thing to have the most effect that it can have. Now we don't do it for everybody because there's so many people out there who would like that kind of help. But, um, but where we see real potential, where we see something that we can actually make a positive difference on, we will, we will often ride in and and see if we can make it into something that's a, that's a little better.
0: That is very, very cool.
1: Yeah, well, we—I mean, we're—we're all—we were all young game designers at one point ourselves, too, right? You know, I mean, we uh, everybody needs a little help now and then, and so uh, so we try to be there for folks.
0: I mean, if you're not going to help your friends, then what good are you, right?
1: Yeah, so we got a nice, like, nice, large, expansive group of friends. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we've we've also like you know helped uh, like we we helped Disney make a game called Sorcerer's of the Magic Kingdom. A while back that uh, took over Disney World and is is pretty pretty great. So I mean, it's not like it's just you know we're we're in the back you know trying to help people balance their um, you know little 110 card game so, sometime. But you know whenever we can be of use, we, we try to be there.
0: So how did you first get into games? Like like were you a, like a prodigy at 12 years old and you were doing crossword puzzles or? You know, yeah, just a gamer. Oh, okay. There we go. I got it right the first time. Bam. Yeah,
1: I sold my first crossword puzzle to the New York Times. I know to Games Magazine when I was fifteen years old. Um, wow. Or, no, I was fourteen actually. My uh, first Dungeon Magazine or whatever it was, maybe Dragon Magazine uh, thing was when I was fifteen as well. So, so no, yeah, you hit it right on the mark. Uh, that's a good. That's a good strategy. Um, if you want to get in the game industry, you should go back in time to 1983. When when there was uh you know, Dragon magazine uh was a physical product by T S R Inc and, and be the solution to all their problems. <laughs> it's a really good really good way to, to break into the industry. It's a little harder now, um, because uh the time machine doesn't work. But um but yeah, it's uh yeah, that's back in the day. I mean I put myself through college that way and uh you know, I did I did serious writing too. I mean if we call what I'm doing now not serious, right? <laughs> I was a, I was an investigative reporter for in Chicago and, and stuff like that. But, but yeah, no, I was always doing games, always working on Dungeons and Dragons. D and D was a, a thing that uh, I've been playing since I was, oh, what was it, thirteen years old, and uh, decided I could do it for a living, and I was right.
0: But you were one, you're one of the few and one of the chosen, so you should certainly be proud. That that's pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I don't know if my thirteen year old version of me had like someday they're going to do a third edition of Dungeons and Dragons and you're going to be one of the creative directors. I didn't quite have that, you know, like, but it wouldn't have shocked me either. Right. Like it wouldn't have been like one of those things where I would have gone, huh, I don't see my life going that direction. Of course, at 13, I actually thought I was going to be either a rock star or a basketball player. And um, neither of those has exactly worked out perfectly.
0: Well, those were those were your fallback game design. Yeah. was your first. No, best. if that didn't work out, then you could do the basketball rock star. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, I still can. I think I can still go into the NBA. You know, I think my, my game is still good.
0: <laughs> are you are you a three point shooter or do you? Drive? I think at this point I'm
1: a zero point shooter. Like, I'm, <laughs> if you need zero points scored, I can run a play that will get you zero points
2: brand new strategy look a lot
1: of times you don't want to score too early right like you don't want to, like you know a lot of games have been lost by somebody you know scoring you know with with like 12 seconds to go the other team takes the ball down the court bang out right no <laughs> i can use up that entire time without scoring any points
0: yeah you're not necessarily winning but you are reducing the opponent's strategy for winning from them and that is an important strategy
1: it's very good. It's very good. So yeah, I mean, I I got skills.
0: Yeah, awesome. All right, so let's uh, let's move this conversation into Gen Con at yes. least a little bit. Again, I'm gonna take a gonna step back because you are I don't want to say in with, but you uh, you kind of partner with Cards Against Humanity. You are a big part of the the yearly puzzles that they do.
1: I have done some with them. Yes, I do like them quite a bit. They are they are much more a sketch comedy team than they are a game company. But I really do like them and, uh, they've, we've done a lot of things together. I was on their, their little project called, um, Tabletop Deathmatch, which was a, which is a series about, uh, new game designers pitching us, you know, industry veterans their games. And it was super fun to be on. We've done, we did the, the Cards Against Humanity, um, holiday project, uh, in which a private island was bought and we built a puzzle hunt around that. So yeah, lots of lots of good fun with those guys. We we also just have a really good time together. At the end of the convention, um Max Temkin, um one of the founders of Cards Against Humanity, bought us all Ordis Regni bowling shirts. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have played Ordis Regni. Uh it is a game where there are no words or numbers on the cards at all. It's a uh a strange little game. Not for everybody, but, uh, certainly, uh, goes way out of its way to, uh, to make a big splash at Gen Con. And, um, they just had these kick ass bowling shirts. I mean, they were stellar. And Max was like, we all need these. I was like, Max, we don't all need these. And it turned out we did. He was right.
0: <laughs> he was right.
1: I came out of there with this, like, this, like, uh, blood red. Bowling shirt with the big artist Regney logo on the back. Gabby, my, my developer, she has blue hair and it matched her blue bowling shirt perfectly. My friend Ben, who's, uh, uh, the boyfriend of, of Molly Lewis, the singer. Um, she was there too. And, and he put on this, this, what appeared to be this ugly yellow bowling shirt. And it was amazing on him. So, you know, whatever you think of their game, they make some beautiful bowling shirts.
0: <laughs> well, maybe that's their fallback plan. Well, everybody needs one. Exactly. Everybody. Well well what well, what brought me to that though is that I I got a kick out of their Gen Con announcement this year and I'll mess up the wording, it was the Cards Against Humanity a cry for attention. Cause like last year <laughs> last year they had such a big splash and this year they, they they basically I don't think they I don't know if they didn't think they could top it, but they kinda went yeah. sideways and I just thought that was very funny.
1: Yeah, they always they always try to do something good. Uh they had this amazing Concert for humanity, or concert for humanity, that, or concert against humanity, I guess. And, uh, where they did this letter writing campaign, uh, to the, to the legislature, uh, in Indiana to try to get them to overturn their, um, uh, rather, um, harsh law about, uh, you know, service to people who may or may not be of alternate sexual persuasions and, uh, you know, it was just a really, really amazing thing that they did. So, so I really like those guys. Now, I, I missed that because I was on stage at the time. I was, uh, as you mentioned, hosting the enemies. Um, did
0: you go to the after party though?
1: The Cards Against Humanity one? Yes. Uh, we, we I, I I went to the one. I went to yeah. They had a they had a room that uh, we were at and we played their new game, which is um, called Secret Hitler, uh, which is fantastic. It is the best game about being Hitler I've <laughs> played in a long time.
0: That's an auspicious title.
1: Well, I mean, you know, you, you, it, I know it's a well-traveled well, uh, road in game design, but um, they seem to have pulled it off. I like that you put your your finger over your lip when when you reacted to that.
0: I'm trying not to like, <laughs> just guffaw, so I'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to hold it in, but it's, it's uh, not you just look right. like Hitler when you I, Hitler. I just went with a little Hitler move. Yeah, like yeah, oh, there you go. the
1: little Hitler mustache. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good to it's
0: fun because of course I
1: immediately was Hitler, and so I had to not show any of my natural Hitler like tendencies, otherwise they would have known I was Hitler and it was a
0: secret that's it's secret Hitler it's in the title so the great thing about the game is that you
1: spend your time if you're Hitler trying to be nice to people (laughs) which is kind of awesome because wouldn't it have been great if that's how he had to do right it's like oh man I don't want anybody to know I'm Hitler I better be nice to everybody
0: that would have changed a few things I think yeah yeah it's good it's good
1: so uh so yeah so uh yeah it was a good time good times
0: Alright, well it's been a while since we've yelled at Caleb, so why don't we give him a chance to jump in here? I'm I'm too scared to talk at this point. I don't know what's gonna happen.
2: I'm not gonna do anything mean to you ever again. I I do not believe you, sir. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I I think I pretty much have to mention uh Betrayal at House on the Hill. Okay. Because I freaking love that game. That's one of my favorites. Me too. Okay, let's just leave it at that. Right, <laughs> let's
1: done. go no further. No, no, sense of, no sense of context. Nope, no just, rationale as to why you brought it up. No. I like
2: that. I, I brought it up because Mike, Michael sent me a link to study for the episode tonight. Sure. And this link was purely your Wikipedia page. Of course. Because, so, of course, what,
1: the, the, the thing I have left most of record on the internet <laughs> on Wikipedia page. Yeah.
2: yeah. M- Michael, Michael tells me, hey, get ready for the show. I'll need your help. Here's Wikipedia.
0: Yeah. Good job, dude.
2: Thank you, sir. That was very informative. That's very informative. What we were yeah. known for
0: most on this show is our, our research.
2: Thorough. Is what Thorough. Dogged, Thorough. some would say. Yeah. Thorough research. We dive into the facts.
1: Well, it is true that the... Um, the Wikipedia page, uh, will mention that I was the lead developer of Betrayal at House on the Hill. There was a, there was a team effort. The, the, the game was originally, uh, designed and proposed by a guy named, uh, Bruce Glasgow, amazing guy. Then the guys at Hasbro, um, Rob Davio in particular, guy who did Risk 20 or uh, Risk Legacy and such, uh, took a crack at it. And then I got it and my team was, just as amazing, um, you know, we had, uh, we had Bruce Cordell and Taylor Woodruff and Brian Campbell and Bill Slavasak and all those people and uh, just uh, Brian Tinsman, just, just a great team and uh, just one of the best games I've ever worked on. Crazy it's, stuff.
2: It's one of the greatest games to play, I think. It's, I mean, it's so random. In all the years i him been playing it, we still haven't played through all the different scenarios. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah,
1: I know people who play it every week. Um, it is, uh, and you know, I mean, it's it's so weird. It's, it occupies such a weird space in the world because, you know, it's not like it was a hit, right? It's not like it was like, you know, oh my God, this sold a million copies. It's sold terribly out of the gate, but uh, it's become a little mini classic, People, you know, would pay ridiculous amounts of money on the internet for it until they released the second edition, which, you know, is also kind of hard to get sometimes. But it was, um, but I know people who think that was, you know, uh, uh, one of the cornerstone games. And I'm just happy it was one that I got to work on because it was super fun to write and uh, definitely influenced all the other games I've done since then. I mean, you can see the, the fact that back then I was trying to make sure that, that cooperative play wasn't entirely cooperative in betrayal, and that definitely uh, followed into the Pathfinder adventure card game and Apocrypha and, and all that. So, so yeah, good, good times working on that game.
2: So I, I guess I'd like to ask, and this might be a tangent from a tangent from a tangent, uh, w- which is likely to happen on the show very frequently. So w- when you and your team are actually working on a property to develop it. I mean, what do you guys do? Do you just sit around shooting the shit and see what comes out of it? Do you try to approach it logically and step by step? I mean, what happens over there?
1: I, um, We got a new guy in our shop, a guy named Neil, who's our new admin, the administrative assistant, and uh, helping out with our convention stuff. And he was sitting there watching us work, and I turned to him and said, you're going to see us look like we hate each other. You're going to see us look like, you know, arguing with each other and call each other the worst names and, you know, storm out and stuff like that. And every day we're going to come right back in the office and do it again. Right. Cause I mean, we have a great time together. We are constantly uh, challenging each other and, and, you know, poking holes in each other's theories and just, just, trashing each other's ideas, but but out of a, a real position of respect. Uh, we had a game that we're working on that was just had incredibly intractable problems with uh, me and my co-designer and, and my developer just not coming to an accord, not figuring it out. And I walked in this morning and said, uh, not only did I figure it out, I invented an entire new genre of game. <laughs> uh, and i so i laid it out for gabby and she went holy cow you absolutely did and it was because you know we have these knockdown dragouts, you know because we're we're always i always say that we're we're so interconnected that we're always just one album away from rumors right? <laughs> like we're always Oh, it's just right on the edge of, you know, we produce this masterwork and then never want to talk to each other again. But, um, no, it's, it's it, every day, like we do a lot. I mean, on a, on a daily basis, we do a lot of spreadsheets. We do a lot of writing on the board. We do a lot of, you know, uh, writing in this Microsoft program, OneNote and in Google Drive and, you know, all these different places where we, we, we run, we run numbers. We write flavor text. We, test and test and test we play games all day you know that's what it looks like it's a little bf
2: all right well there's there was my contribution to the show tonight let's let's, <laughs> throw, it, let's throw
0: it back to michael and i'll just shut up <laughs> you, you'll be there when I, when you're called
2: and to be fair i did all the work there
1: right <laughs> like if we talk about your your contribution i mean really that was like 95 percent
2: i mean my my job here is to facilitate the conversation so oh. I, I I'm very successful at, at this point. I'm I'm confident in my my output for this evening.
1: Excellent. It's good to know, despite any uh, statements to the contrary from others, that you have done an excellent job.
2: I, I I praise myself very highly. Excellent. That is good to hear. That's if not you, who? Exactly. Exactly. Not Michael. That's sure as
0: shit. <laughs> nope. All right. So let's talk Gen Con. So let's. what is, what does Gen Con look like for, for me? You? Yeah. Oh. When you're there, like what do you spend most of your time well, doing?
1: You would not want to see my schedule at Gen Con. I routinely have 16 or 17 appointments a day
0: and I run
1: from like about 8am till about 4am every day. I routinely will go to six or seven bars a night. I, I have signings all over the place. I have, um, uh panels, all that kind of stuff. Although I did I did really tone it down on the panels this year. I only did one. I uh last year I did like five and it was just way too much. But uh yeah, uh it's a it's a nonstop thrill ride roller coaster. Pretty much a blast. The the last two years we've uh had to film tabletop deathmatch there too and that was crazy. So this year we didn't do that, which was really nice. And uh but I did have to host the Annies and that was that was that took a lot of time and was was different but uh uh yeah i'm just running around like a chicken with my head off. but the really great thing is i get to see all my friends i mean uh antoine bauza sat down with me for like a half hour and we started you know batting around ideas for a game while i was doing a signing right and so i would say oh hey guys you know they would come over to me and say hey guys oh here's my friend antoine he's a game designer and they would look at me like "I, you know who's this guy right like no it's antoine bauza he designed you know Takaido and Takanoko and and all the games you like and so oh oh yes he's great too so uh <laughs> so yeah i guess see like uh Bruno Fire Duty is another great friend of mine and um, uh Eric Lang and, and Justin Gary and just you know just an incredible game design community that we have out there so it's blast
0: so is Gen Con more work for you or do you get any time just to to be you and hang out
1: well that's part of it though i mean like no but i enjoy the time that i get right like so so like justin gary who's the developer of ascension he uh he and i just found a quarter together and we just talked for a half hour right in the middle of the floor people would come up to me going oh you know let's go oh we love your work i'm like great, great, great and uh yeah just just hanging out right i mean it's it's kind of a mile a minute at gen con i uh Played a lot of prototypes. I, I um, they were all great too. But yeah, I mean we got some time. Uh, you know, we had some some nice meals out. My crew is a pretty happening crew, so uh, so it's good to see folks. Good to hang out with um, you know uh, James Ernest, Pat Rothfuss, all those guys. Just really great, really great guys.
0: So, where's where's your uh, your go to place to eat? Unless you don't want to give away any trade secrets.
1: Oh, that's a real problem in Indianapolis, actually. The I mean the like the short answer is steak and shake. Right? I mean like that it's impossible to imagine I would go to Gen Con and not eat steak and shake at least twice. But I mean like we go to places like Bogo de Chow and Morton's and and all those places. Uh you know, in all honesty, um I probably had in the six days I was on the ground, I probably had four meals. Wow. I had lots of, you know, snacks. Sure. Somebody says, here, eat this sandwich. And I'm like, should I eat the paper too? Cause I'm putting <laughs> in my mouth that fast, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, Gen Con is not a uh, leisurely convention. Um, but it is a blast. It is, I've gone to 31 straight and, uh, not ever gonna not ever gonna let that not be a part of my life i we got my wife and i uh got married at gen con in 1995. oh very cool. yeah we celebrated our 20th anniversary just a couple days ago. It was great thing. So.
0: that's awesome congratulations. thank you. so do you have any cons that you go to that are more like just fun cons for you that aren't as much work?
1: yeah absolutely. I mean, even if I have work, though, they're not they're not like Origins is one of those conventions. Origins, I have a thing to do from uh, about uh, 730 p.m. to about uh, 11, which is the uh, live broadcast, the podcast that we do with the local NPR station every night. But the rest of the time is just hanging out with my friends. Um, uh, Pax, I run around like crazy But other conventions, I was just at a convention called DexCon out in New Jersey that was great. Um, I love going to Board Game GeekCon. That's always fun. Went on the Joko Cruise a little while back. You know, just there are times. It's all good.
0: Well, let's talk about the innies specifically then. So how did it work out that you were the MC this year? You know, when did they approach you?
1: I've I've hosted it before. I've I've presented there before. Um, They just, I don't know, I'm on a rotation, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> they uh, came back and said we really would like to have you host this year. Uh last year they had Jen Page, so I mean obviously uh they were thinking me because of my looks.
0: Yes, I can see that.
1: Yeah. Um so uh so uh, but no, they um they they were uh, very nice. They they asked me. They uh I got myself a fancy new suit with a rhinestone bow tie. It was uh,
0: a shiny, shiny suit.
1: Yeah, uh the, the bow tie was uh it was rhinestone by my favorite, um, my favorite burlesque dancer. Um, and, and it was, uh, by, by, uh, Hoot Under the Collar. If you're looking for rhinestone tie, you should totally go to them. And yeah, it was great. Um, it was a little bit of a different ceremony. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of people had a lot of opinions about it. I tried to, uh, hold it together and entertain and, and make some, make some good jokes. And, uh, occasionally um say some things that were uh profound and edifying and so it went it went good.
0: I had never actually gone to the innies before. This was my third Gen Con and it was my second uh with a press badge. Hmm. Apparently if you start a podcast and get a business card, that counts and you can become a member of the press. Hopefully. So I I had to do at least something that was press related because I felt that was my obligation. You know, I can't I couldn't just be a mooch
1: Right. You had all the things you enjoyed, and then there was this one thing that you had to do, and I, that was my thing.
0: That was your
1: thing. I understand now. All the things you enjoyed, plus Mike's thing. Plus
0: right. your Welcome thing. Welcome
2: to my dynamic, Mike. Yeah. Now, you yeah. won't, now you know how it is for <laughs> me over here. I get it. I get it.
0: Uh, but it was pretty interesting. Uh, I'm I'm friendly. I, I don't know that we necessarily could be friends, but I'm friendly with MPC Cast. Uh, they started sure. their podcast right about the same time I started mine, and we've crossed over starting. each other's shows a little bit. And uh, so I was kind of rooting for them. I knew that was an uphill battle, but I was very I was really hopeful that they would uh, pull out a silver at least. So I was also there for that as well.
1: Yeah, I love those guys.
0: Yeah, they're great. That's why I was asking you about the after party. Cause Chris still says that you said that his flapjack game was the best game. Best of Yeah. 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 So Good question.
1: I don't know if I can talk about it. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a prototype, uh, which was a physical dexterity memory game, uh, about flipping pancakes. And it was, it was the best. It was awesome. Best. We had, we had people there. And so Gabby and, um, uh, her friend Clarice uh, were there, and uh, my developer Liz Spain, and her friend Will, and, uh, and Clarice and uh, Gabby had uh, worked in a Perkins, so they knew about flipping flapjacks, right? So they were talking You know, they were talking all sorts of. Stuff. Needless to say, they lost money, but <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, it was it was a very. I don't think I've cared that much about flipping pancakes ever, and uh, it was it was pretty great awesome
0: awesome because I, I heard him telling that story I wanted to I want to go to the source it was good it
1: was, it was my favorite game of the show Absolutely.
0: oh fantastic so so back to the Indies specifically though as you kind of hinted at there was uh, there was a little bit of drama this year so if I'd never gone before this was the year to go uh, because <laughs> sure. you did not win an award and how sure. can that happen
1: no 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 um, I didn't
0: actually uh, one of the ways you win
1: awards for the Indies is uh, you write products that would be nominated for it. And I didn't do that. So, so that was a, that was a fatal disqualification on my part. Apparently, um,
0: I, I think it's I, an inherent flaw in the system. Clearly.
1: I think, I think, uh, the host should at least get two or three minimum. No question. No question. I've, I've gotten my share of any's. I'm happy with my, uh, I'm happy with my haul. <laughs> I have, I've got, uh, I've got them around here somewhere. So, uh, So, no, it was was kind of a crazy night, right? I mean, first off, it was the big coronation for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. And I'm really heavily biased toward D&D because, you know, it's been kind of the dominant cultural force of my life. And so I thought it was great, but other people were less happy with D&D winning every category it it could possibly win.
0: I'm on multiple records. D&D is my favorite game. It was the game I started playing and it's the game that I still, if we're going to play a role-playing game, it's always my top choice. And, yeah. You know, and so, I, yeah, I'm the same way. And I think fifth edition is my favorite version of the game. It's
1: pretty great. I mean, like I said, I'm I obviously heavily biased toward third edition, right? But, but um, I, I play in Rodney Thompson's campaign. He's the uh, senior designer of D&D uh, was until recently left to go to Bungie, And uh I I just love it. And so I was real happy to see D winning winning all those awards. I told I so I uh I did a gag where I um called Rodney during the ceremony on stage. Uh I called him and uh said that it you know D had won like, you know, uh ten awards by that point. I was like, hey Rodney uh, it's been a really good night for D D uh they won a bunch of awards. He said that's great. And he's saying this the whole crowd he doesn't can't see them obviously uh, all right and uh and I said yeah but you know that doesn't have to continue and uh, I was thinking maybe our uh, party could have some more magic <laughs> and he was like oh yeah well I wouldn't want him to to uh stop winning awards because of me uh what are you what are you thinking Mike? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I ended up with the uh, drawing many things. Uh, oh. in the card. It was a pretty funny gig. Uh, so uh, we had a good time, but uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, I, I really liked, I mean, look, a lot of great products this year. Uh, Horror on the Orient Express was fantastic. Um, uh, Atomic Robo is great. Uh, just a bunch of other really good things out there. Um, the Guide to Glorantha, lots of, lots of really great stuff, but uh you know, I'm a I'm a, I'm a unabashed homer for
0: for D and D. Yeah, and again, I'm I'm with you. I think the only thing that I heard online that people, because I, I think legitimately, D and D should have won almost every category that it that it did win, but there were a couple that was sort of like, that's not necessarily the the, the best product in that category. Overall, yeah. it was yeah, uh, but, but that's like right. The, the DM That's screen exactly. specifically, some people said like, you know, was that really the best product in that category? I don't know.
1: Yeah. I I can understand um, how people would see that, right? I mean, like there was a certain popularity contest element of the uh, Emmy Awards and you know, you're not going to get over that. Once people are already on board the train, it's going to ride into the station right,
0: right. And, so. and that's that's the ennies itself and i think that's what people maybe people don't understand so i'll, I'll quickly cover that but the way the ennies work is it's a self-nominated process anybody can nominate themselves for any of the categories that are out there and then each year they have sort of a rotating number of judges they you you ask to be considered as a, a judge in the the innies group I, I don't exactly know how that part works but they they choose so many people to be judges the judges then review all the nominations and they determine the number of final nominees and it's widely believed and understood that that's the true honor Yeah, just being selected to be one of those nominees. Absolutely. Puts you in a class. And at that point it's just a popularity contest. Well, I wouldn't say just okay.
1: Quality certainly counts and, uh, and good stuff tends to rise to the top. Not always, but a lot of the time. And so I think it was kind of a mixed bag. Um, there was another controversy there, which we should probably discuss.
0: Yeah, I was going to get to that as well, because it was funny that, again, I was there as a member of the press, so I was live tweeting all of the awards as you were setting them, and I actually had I had pre-written anything that D&D was in, I had it pre-written that it was gold, but I never sent any, so I didn't screw up, because there were a couple that it didn't work out that way. That's good. But my phone actually died, so I stepped out to snag, like, just five minutes of charging. Sure. And that is actually when the walkout happened. So I missed it. So I came back in. I'm sitting back down. I'm getting back on Twitter, and I see this flurry of tweets about drama. I'm like, I'm fucking right here. I don't What are you guys <laughs> talking about. So I didn't even see what happened. So I'll let you cover it. So there, there was some controversy. There was a, a walkout of a few attendees.
1: A few. I mean, like, I could see it from the audience or from the stage, right? So and I never noticed a walkout. Like, I didn't, like, the number of people in the crowd did not go down appreciably. But that really wasn't the point. The people who left uh, were, um, the people who left were uh, upset about uh, a fellow named Zach Smith who had written a game called A Red and Pleasant Land that um, they did not believe came by its, its uh any awards, it won four of them, uh, in a manner that they would have liked. Uh, they they believe that um some of his ardent more ardent fans stuffed the ballot box. I don't know if that's true. I can't speculate. But it is um you know it is what it is. Uh, uh the they they you know they staged his walkout con and they, you know, uh went to the bar next door and rode the mechanical bull, I guess, and, and uh <laughs> you know it was it was good but uh but you know i mean it was a principled stand they they were essentially protesting both this person's acts uh opinions and also and his actions i guess and also uh a process that could be so uh easily gamed they think and so um, you know uh, it's just a little bit of a uh it was an interesting thing to have happen during your your hosting job. Oh, by the way, several of the people apologized to me personally afterwards. They, they were not trying to say that I was doing anything wrong. So
0: okay, well, yeah. I'm that's that's great. I'm glad that that they did that. I mean, because as as host, you are sort of assuming some of that responsibility, whether it's fairly or not. You're the one presenting sure. the awards. Um, yeah. and, and I would hate to think that that was a reflection on you. Cause I'm sure you, you know, you may have voted, but you would have had one vote. Like, it, you know, Oh,
1: I, sure, I assure you, I didn't vote.
0: <laughs> so I know to me, that's one of the things yeah. about, you know, it's about the Indies is that again, I, I, I granted it's not truly just completely, uh, a uh, you know, a, a popularity contest, but that weighs heavily into it. Cause once the nominees are announced, it's open voting and yeah. people are going to vote. And if that product got more, votes than another, then it, it deserved works. to win. That's, the, that's the way this award works. It, you know, I, I don't understand protesting a particular category or particular winner without protesting the entire process.
1: I, you know, I mean, I guess in some sense, that's what was going on. I mean, the, um, uh, you know, I mean, the there were, there were 20,000 votes cast apparently. And, uh, this book Sold a thousand copies, so you know you can draw your own conclusions. I don't, I don't, I think that this has been an interesting year for fan-voted awards, right? I mean, like the Hugo Awards. I'm going to WorldCon this weekend, uh, and the Hugo Awards are under their own controversy—the sad puppies thing. Again, I don't know that anything happened at this, and I certainly don't know, or in fact, believe that zach smith had anything to do with any malfeasance so i want to make it clear that i do not stand on that particular side of the discussion but i you know i mean uh, any fan uh voted system will get you the results of fan voting and if you don't want that then you need a new system
0: that would be kind of my stance um without getting into any of the particulars i when fifth edition first came out there was a little bit of a hoo-ha for the same that he was in as a credited uh, contributor. And to that, to that point, I had never heard of the dude. Like I did not know anything about it. Again, I started the podcast about the same time. So I, I was in it from like Twitter and Facebook. I was hearing messages. So I, you know, I did a little bit of my own research. I do not stand to any reason that I know exactly what happened, but I I get where some of the people are coming from. But again, I didn't know who the dude was before. I still really don't know who he is now, but like I said, it is what it is. It's a fan voted process.
1: To his credit, he did engage with me afterwards. Um, after I posted about it, I did a Tumblr post about it because I didn't want it to leave it out there. Um, he, you know, we respectfully disagreed about some things. Um, and, uh, uh, but I mean, uh, I, I definitely credit him for reaching out and, and, uh, uh, engaging me on that front and um, I also credit the people who walked out um, you know it's good to have principles that you stand behind and and, uh, and try to influence for positive change you know not everybody's going to be on your side when you do that so I was all in favor of it anyway and as I said I mean if I would feel a little bit differently I think if um, 80% of the audience had walked out <laughs> yeah Right, if I'm playing to an empty room, I I want to know that in advance.
0: Right, yeah. Right?
1: Like I want to know that the that, that that people are going to use my little platform as a you know a a, a tool to embarrass me. Like I want to know about that, but that didn't happen this time. It was fine.
0: And you know, and again, even before that particular situation, there was a little bit of controversy earlier with the Fate RPG uh, fan made product. being nominated and then they had that nomination pulled
1: that was Uh, hysterical because my company uh loan shark games runs all of bioware's convention presence and so it would have been great had i been on stage uh handing an award to somebody who had ripped off bioware right like i had no idea and i was gonna make a joke about it and then i pulled back i was like no i am not gonna be the guy who just for the sake of a joke at the end, of his, you know, uh, said something about Bioware cause I love those guys. Right. So it was good. It was great that that didn't happen. And I was very happy with the results of them pulling that because, you know, honestly, uh, licensed games should have licenses. That's a pretty solid theory of licensing.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of agree with that as well. I'm, certainly not a lawyer and I don't know the ins and outs but to, to move the subject slightly different I've been seeing a lot of modules and campaign settings that are now quote unquote 5e compatible or sure. uh, four or 5e uh, you are you what are your feelings toward that I mean I know there's people that are kind of skirting the line saying that they're using the third third edition Ogl and some people are just saying it's compatible do you have any thoughts on on that process
1: no I haven't been uh, I, I was around when the Ogl was created. Uh, I, was, I was in the room when Ryan Dancy first proposed it and thought it was the most brilliant thing I'd ever heard. This was not a universally held opinion at Wizards at the time, uh, especially at DSR. Um, but uh, uh, I am not familiar with the OGL principles around 5th edition. I obviously am quite familiar with it around 3rd edition because uh, I have a strong connection to the fine folks at Paizo who make my little Pathfinder Adventure card game, and I am thrilled to see them prospering at the way that they are because uh, that, in addition to making a lot of my friends have jobs and do things they like, uh, makes certain that my team has uh, uh, their jobs and and the ability to produce the Pathfinder card game. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty great.
0: Fair enough. So, uh, Caleb, I'll let you jump back in here. Uh, we've kind of brought the, the tone of the conversation down a little bit. Give us some levity. Let us both yell at you for something.
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure just by existing here, you're going to yell at me for something. <laughs> I'm, done with, I'm done with you, man. <laughs> See, there you go. Our, our guest <laughs> is walking out of the recording loft in protest. I, I can't so stop him.
1: I have a uh, a principle of game mastering, um, which has served me well over the years. And I don't think I've ever articulated on a podcast. It goes like this. When I'm teaching people how to be game masters, I teach them all sorts of approaches to controlling the table and to making the experience your own. And one of them is pick one player and make him your enemy. (laughs) And it's a very, very, uh, it's a very powerful process, right? Because you usually just go, okay, that guy, that guy's going to have a rough night uh and everybody you know rallies around that principle and you know uh uh make sure that that guy you know no we gotta help we gotta help him we gotta make sure he's having a great time you know it's gonna work out we're all gonna do this together that's you
2: <laughs> oh I, I feel so special right now i I'm, I'm gonna go take some of my special happy pills
0: there you go that's the right approach
2: yeah <laughs> wonderful
0: nice so uh so mike what is on the horizon for Lone shark games you got the game that you kickstarted apocrypha that's it
1: uh that's going real well we're we're making that uh we have a game that we're going to do with monty cook games uh called the Numenero board game or something possibly more inspired than that and um that's that's going great uh we have a, a little word game that we're producing called epic versus awesome that uh we're going to do not long from now. And um, uh, just things like that. Uh, the Maze of Games, which is our interactive puzzle novel, is doing really well. And so that's that's going into its second printing. Just all sorts of fun stuff. And we have PAX just around the corner. We have this uh, giant convention here in Seattle. And uh, I run out a little convention called PAX Dan, which is in front of it, which is our, our developers' conference that I get to co-curate. So, yeah, it's all good. Things are really going great.
0: Awesome. All right, Caleb, I'll let you uh, wrap us up here. We killed I, Caleb. I, I'm, I'm really not
2: sure I can add anything at this point to the conversation. I, I think you can. I don't know. I think <sighs> if you try.
1: America's hope counting on you.
2: <laughs> the world is counting on me. Not Japan. Oh, they, they checked out. Not, not Japan. <laughs> no, Japan and I are done where we have officially severed our ties between me personally. Not the show. We definitely oh. want them listening to the show and uh, visiting the website. But with you and me personally, Japan, we're going to have a fight later on. There you go. Well, no, I I think this was one of our certainly most entertaining interviews. And I absolutely thank you very much for your time tonight. Uh, I personally am looking forward to a lot of those new games you mentioned. Uh, I'm a huge Numenera fan. So whatever is coming around the corner for them. And I certainly enjoy those uh, goofy little Word and kind of open form games. I think those are a lot of fun in uh, in social events when we're hanging out with people after dinner or whatnot. I
1: think you'll like this one. It's uh, it's real different. Uh, Good,
2: good. Uh, Speaking as someone who uh, got the Cards Against Humanity Christmas shenanigans and have no clue what the puzzle was, I have no trust in my skill at ever solving a puzzle or winning a game again, but I certainly like the, the thrill of the challenge.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm glad we can provide.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, if anybody out there would like to uh, follow more of Mike's work, uh, you are on Twitter. It's basically at Mike Thelenker. Uh, i'll have that in the show notes i'll have the links to your uh your website as well is there anywhere else that you want people to go facebook instagram yeah we have anything I, crazy you
1: know, I have my facebook page is open um and there's loan shark games uh facebook page and our twitter page and our twitter account as well and you know just uh you can check out my tumblr it's sellingcare.tumblr.com you know it's just all sorts of stuff.
0: <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, Mike, I want to thank you again for your time tonight. Uh, again, I agree with Caleb. I had a great conversation. I've I heard you on other podcasts. I know going in somewhat what I was what I was in for. I don't know that Caleb did. Nice. But uh, but you fulfill all of my expectations Excellent. and more. Excellent. And uh, I appreciate your time. And if there's ever anything, if you have a new product coming out, a Kickstarter, anything that you would like to help spread the word, we are here to, we do a lot of shows focused on Kickstarters. Not that you need our help, but uh, we would be happy to be a part of that.
1: Only thank if Caleb you. wants me back.
0: Only if actually, I'll let him lead that conversation. I'll take the back seat. There you go. There you go. I I will. Uh, oh,
2: oh, he's shaking his head. It's a lie, folks. It's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> Never trust anything someone named Michael
1: says. It's a really bad idea. All right, guys. Bye.